This is the EPLOG audio experience. Over the last uh, last couple of decades, if you look at it, what has been the norm is that India has always followed the technologies being developed in US, Europe, or maybe even China and Japan. What Hyperloop gives us an opportunity is it is not being commercial. It is not commercial anywhere in the world. And this is a stage or this is a platform where we ourselves can develop this and be one of the leaders of the technology globally. So that we not just develop this for India, but we develop it and then expand it to the neighboring countries. And I think this this is kind of the first time that such a technology can we can be a leader at such a huge stage at such a global stage. Hello, change makers. I have a question for you. What if you could move? across the city by the time your popcorn is baked what if you could move across the country by the time you finish a movie what if the medicine that one needs in the dire need of time can be delivered in just minutes not days across the globe Dear listeners, in the past we have had many discussions about the problems that our society faces but also the solutions about these problems and today on this episode for the first time ever we are not discussing problems of the present we are not discussing the past we are discussing the possibilities of future my name is rohan thakar and welcome to being the change a podcast where i speak with mavericks of this society and in this episode i have with me the young and dynamic founder of quin trans hyperloop uh, pranay lunia Quintrans is Asia's first ever Hyperloop project which is being undertaken right here in India and it's a proud moment for all of us to witness what could be happening in the next decade with when it comes to transportation. I hope you enjoy this episode as we discuss the possibilities and how Pranay and his team are developing Quintrans to become the world's best ever Hyperloop project. enjoy the conversation thank you thank you so much rohan that was an amazing introduction and uh, in this episode uh, we thought why not have some participation from you listeners so we have a guest as well here and the guest name is idant haldankar hi i am excited to be a part of this um and really excited to know more from uh, people are working at hyperloop my brother himself is kind of traveling from mumbai to pune and he's also excited to see how his travel journey can reduce in minutes so yeah what if i i think this is as good as time travel because by the time you are finishing your lunch he is already there <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so uh, pranay please tell me more about this how did you come up with this idea uh, when did you begin work on this and uh, uh, just to give a background for to those who are uh, not much aware about hyperloop so please tell them about this sure 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 So it's a it's a very simple story. So uh, in my first year of engineering, I'm a mechanical engineer by the way. So in my first year of engineering, I came across Hyperloop for one of my presentations, I guess. Uh, at that time, just like any other typical engineer, you know, you get fascinated by the technology. So I dived deep into it, and I realized that uh, so a Pune Mumbai Hyperloop was being signed. and something was coming up and i realized that pune mumbai could be done under 15 minutes 20 minutes and that is when it struck me because being someone from pune i travel to mumbai very frequently and i realized the pain even with the expressway you take 3 hours 4 hours for that so 
then i eventually like dive deep into it started understanding the technology and all and at that time i came across uh, the spacex hyperloop pod competition so this was a competition held in us by spacex that is by elon musk himself and and then i realized that maybe this is something that we could work on at that time my motive was only to work as a research unit as an engineering student who could work on the technology so uh, then i started a team within mit pune i worked on the technologies for around 3 3 and a half years and uh, over those 3 years i participated in multiple global competitions that is uh, spacex one the one in europe etc and then finally 3 years later i along with my co-founders realized the potential of the technology you know and understood why india uh, needs this or why there's a huge impact that it can create mm. in india and this is how we started quintrans superb so you are asia's first program for doing anything like this right so uh, again there are uh, like a lot of research units within universities mostly mm-hmm. from india sure. there was one yeah. from japan i think but mm. mostly uh, within india itself and then as a private startup we were the first one from asia so there okay. were some in us and europe but in asia things were not kicking off and mm. that's why we thought maybe we can begin with this i actually thought that china would be quite ahead in this but uh, <laughs> so uh, china china were like more focused on their maglev system itself and they uh. were trying to you know go more than 500 600 km per hour but okay. uh, from what we understand china is also working on something similar mm. as a technology but it's within the government okay so theoretically this can go almost uh, 1.2 times the speed of sound right theoretically yeah you could but it is it is at this stage it is uh, said that we could go at a top speed of 1000 km or 1200 okay so we keep it transonic that is just under the uh, speed of sound okay okay for efficiency perfection hmm superb so uh, please tell me like maglevs are uh, something which has been there for a long time now uh, in fact uh, even in india a project uh, was under work for quite some time uh, how is it different and uh, why should india have this specifically so uh, whenever you want to go fast in an object or a vehicle there are two problems that you usually face that is rolling hmm. friction and an aerodynamic drag that is the air resistance you face against your vehicle and to eliminate both of these uh first to eliminate the rolling friction what you do is you start removing the contact between the wheel and the road or the wheel and the track and this is how maglev came into the picture so you started levitating trains using magnets on the track itself and this was the original concept of levitation uh that's how the chinese maglev the japanese bullet trains came into picture but now your second villain in the story is the aerodynamic drag so the faster you go the more drag it is going to create you might have felt this when you you know uh, keep your hand out of the window uh, going at high speeds in your car so that is your second villain and now to eliminate that what we do is we place that vehicle inside a tube and we partially remove the air out of it so we remove almost 90 to 95% air out of that tube and hence you don't have any aerodynamic drag you don't have rolling friction and it is as a result we can grow at speeds of 1000 1200 km per hour with a very limited amount of energy so it's like uh, the work is similar to maglev but you are in a vacuumized chamber there are some uh, dissimilarities to maglev uh, i mean there are some changes done 
but overall the changes are in such a way that the hmm. mag uh, the hyperloop is more uh, efficient in terms of the operational cost compared to mag yeah. hmm got it i would like to know more about uh, how did you you know start planning on this uh, project and how did you start getting people to support you one by one right so initially i think there the one big huge task was to make people understand what hyperloop is yeah so that itself was a you know a big headache for us because hmm. people thought that this was some kind of rocket science and uh, yeah, it's it's right out of the comic book of a marvel or a dc <laughs> so <laughs> yeah but the lot of the technologies already exist yeah. and we just mm. have to integrate it so mm. it was a it, that was kind of a challenge for us to get people to understand what it is but uh, sooner or later we realized that what kind of people we need to tap into and who are ready to work with such technologies mm. and eventually these kind of people started supporting we realized that not just us but there were other research units in india also who were okay. you know developing this on their own so hmm. this kind of became something that we could push together and i think uh, iit madras was working on it right yeah so iit madras is still working on this as okay. a research unit so they are working with you or they are independently doing no, it no they are independent uh, okay. but uh, as a research unit they are kind of bringing a facility over there hmm got it and tell me something about uh, your team how like this is something of course the technology in fragments have been there in the past but mm. you are inventing the future so to realize that future how did you bring in that talent and uh, let's say from ground zero from a blank canvas what are few of the things that you thought it needs to be there on this and how is it different uh, like you said you were a part of the spacex competition as well uh, where uh, like a hackathon where you are building mm. this right right so how is it different so there are a couple of questions on this because i am myself excited to know more about right, right. but uh, like how is it different uh, in terms of functionality and before that let me know about how did you bring these people together to work on so initially uh, when we started as a research unit the motive was to get into get people who are you know fascinated about this together and uh, even though it took some time but uh, i got some good people around myself and once we started working the same 3 4 people went on to developing quintrans now eventually uh, in those 3 4 years what we developed as a research unit became a kind of learnings for us on how to go on to the commercial development of this and at the same time now obviously uh, someone from hyperloop experience or background is not very much available so uh, the similar kind of technologies which were available or which were which are supposed to be integrated in hyperloop so we got people from that background so we got some people from the railways we got some people from the aircraft industry itself and hence started making the entire team hmm right and when you come to differentiate with other hyperloop projects uh, unfortunately virgin is no longer uh, working on it uh, but uh, what can you tell about the global scenario and the progress which has been made it so globally there are around 6 7 companies uh, hmm. all of them have good amounts of funding and most of them are working on their own pilot projects so yeah. as you mentioned uh, there was one test passenger test carried out in nevada us and uh, similarly now larger pilot setups 10 km one is around 5 km being developed in us around yeah. a 3 km setup being developed in europe so these setups will be very important for creating standardization regulations 
hmm. and you know doing the safety checks required for passenger right. movement etc hmm hmm and in terms of functionality is it any any different uh, from what you're doing or is it based on a similar uh, layout so overall the concept of hyperloop on how it works you know creating the partial vacuum and levitating yeah. it is same for all the companies but how do you implement it is very different so hmm. uh, let me give you an example so there is a linear motor which is used to propel the pod to go ahead now some companies put that motor on the pod while some companies put that motor on the track so this okay. is just one uh, differentiation on how companies are trying to implement it and it hmm. uh, largely depends upon their focus areas like what are they prioritizing do they prioritize speed first do they prioritize the cost first or maybe hmm. the efficiency first so it depends again on the region as well on what the country or the region demands okay so the reason why i asked is because uh, i'm looking at a future where it's completely interconnected you don't hmm. have a western railway or a central railway <laughs> you have one loop uh, of course in several pipes but it's connected globally and you can let's say reach antarctica in matter mm-hmm. of minutes right so hence the question now coming to its reality how close or far are we from it <laughs> uh, i think if uh, being very aggressive with the timelines uh, everyone uh, in the world is eyeing somewhere around the end of this decade so by 2020 mm. most of the companies want to have an operational passenger hyperloop yeah and uh, maybe if not in india somewhere in us and europe this might happen but mm. a realistic timeline would still take around 10 years hmm okay uh, you know something like this which has never been done before i remember uh, reading a lot of stuff about isro how it got started mm-hmm. uh, they literally carried the rocket on the cycles and mm-hmm. lifted it off a uh, similar thing happened with mangalyaan as well while we you know compare the budgets which is less than a hollywood movie is nothing to be proud of because we managed to do it but we just managed to do it like we could do so much more if we get the support we get the so support. from a scientific point of view from from being a part of the scientific community what are your thoughts about it how is our government responding to it uh, to your project and to the team and global development of hyperloop so uh honestly the us and the europe have been a little faster in terms of implementing in terms of fa- acting fast mm. on this but mm. the good good th- thing over here is that th- uh, the government of india o- is also acting so they okay. have committees in place they are trying to understand that how hyperloop can impact uh, impact the region how mm. we can implement it how we can standardize it and you know various procedures that they want to create so one of the things that they are trying to do which i think is really amazing is they want to create this indigenously so they do not mm. want to get foreign companies or startups into this right. developing this for india and i mm. think that is really amazing because that gives uh, startups like us opportunity other startups other student research groups also opportunity to do mm. develop this for india itself mm-hmm. can you go deeper on it on how uh you know how further development is happening and uh what kind of support or what kind of people have come together to uh you know make this happen let me give you a comparison so let's say the private space sector now the private space sector uh, currently got a new committee called as in spacey under isro 
so wherein mm. they uh, collaborated all the private sector startups working on the space technologies isro and other government entities so i think a similar committee will be set up or has to be set up for hyperloop wherein mm. every can everyone can work in collaboration and i think this is something that the government is still trying to figure out on how to set up the committee and uh, what ministry to be put in etc etc once we have this set then uh, we have a brief idea of how to grow the technology and i think the government themselves have a brief idea on how they have to progress this technology and what we want to do as a company is we want to uh, make it parallel to what the government thinks so eventually this will start with a small 10 km 12 km pilot setup wherein we can test the technology wherein we can prove that the passenger movement is safe etc etc and then go on to developing you know a pune mumbai hyperloop or something like that can you share some more insights about your research oh, what what have been your findings so far and how are you developing towards it yeah so i think um as i mentioned so hyperloop a lot of technologies of hyperloop are already existing and we yeah. just have to integrate it but uh, eventually what has happened is that uh, over the years a lot of companies have worked on a lot of different technologies as i mentioned that someone is implementing it in x way someone is implementing mm. it in y way and what we uh, right now need to do is we need to find an optimization amongst these so that we have mm. the good amount of efficiency good amount of you know uh, speed and the cost effectiveness as well and hence right now as a company our focus is on to bring the overall capital expenditure because uh, overall there has been this thought that hyperloop is pretty expensive to implement hmm. and this is something that we we feel that this can be brought down or the capital expenditure overall can be brought down even cheaper than you know the bullet trains or maglevs of the world Mm-hmm. so as a uh, as a company our research was focused on that and hence we started developing tubes made out of concrete rather than steel so okay. that uh, the cost majorly decreases then the levitation that we are uh, using it is a hybrid levitation mechanism which uses passive as well as active uh, routes so in that way you don't well, have what that do you mean by that uh, so in levitation you have multiple ways of levitating and basically you classify them as active and passive levi- levitation so in active levitation you constantly have to give them some kind of energy basically electricity okay. so mm. that it can levitate while in uh, continue moving forward yeah while in passive levitation what you do is you use permanent magnets very strong magnets and once you gain a speed so it starts levitating automatically so this uh, eventually saves the energy because you don't have to supply energy to it so we are kind of building a hybrid mechanism wherein we can use both the technologies and save the overall cost but at the same time give you the same amount of uh, confidence same amount of performance gotcha and uh, we are at midpoint of this conversation and i would like to introduce our guest for the day again idant uh, do you have any questions for our special guest pranay uh, hi pranay and um... really good information here i come from a software engineering background and i was always curious about how do you do the feasibility check um and so i have two questions here hyperloop is supposed to be built underground or above the uh, land surface and in either situations when it's going to be covering big distances 
how would you check and maintain that the vacuum pressure is always uh, like the vacuum is always maintained under different weather conditions and rapid changes in the weather just right like, right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah great question and so, to add to that as well like uh, you mentioned other systems were using steel while you are using concrete so how does that change the dynamics yeah, yeah sure sure so uh, answering your first question ishan idant uh, pardon me so uh, hyperloop can be built underground it can be built on the ground as well as elevated like metros so this is one of the unique advantages of hyperloop again so what happens is let's say uh, for a topography or for a region you have a lot of settlements over the place so essentially what you want to do is you want to go underground so you don't disturb those settlements and in some places where you know that you have enough land available so that you can build pillars you you can build pillars so this is the flexibility hyperloop can give and in a route let's say from a to b you can have possibilities of all three mixing together so for some part you have underground structures maybe you are tunneling a mountain for the other part you have elevated pylons and for maybe some part you have on ground structures so this is the beauty of hyperloop i can say it it uh, reduces the land acquisition cost it reduces the entire hassles around you know getting the uh, regulations and all checked from the government itself coming on to second question so vacuum i think is a very uh, i can say very much talked about uh, thing about hyperloop uh, a lot of people debate on how this has to happen so what you essentially do is you have integrated vacuum infrastructure at regular intervals so let's say uh, you are going from a route from a to b which is around 100 kilometers so what you do is you have an integrated infrastructure at every 10 kilometer now this vacuum system is supposed to maintain the vacuum for that 10 kilometer and the second one will maintain for the second 10 kilometer and now you club all of these together to understand what is the overall uh, pressure of the tube and one more thing i'd like to add here is that you don't have to create vacuum all the time so what you do is you create the vacuum once you remove let's say 95% uh, air out of that tube now eventually there will be uh, leaks out of it you cannot create a perfect uh, closed chamber so there will be leaks out of it uh, but these leaks will be slow so let's say if you are you have created vacuum at 95% eventually within 3 or 4 hours that 95% will drop at 92 or maybe 91% and then you switch on the vacuum systems again to get it up to 95 and this cycle continues so you don't have to spend energy to go up to 95% all the time i hope you understand that and uh, coming on to your point rohan so concrete actually has one um, one problem that we faced was concrete is quite porous compared to steel and this becomes an issue with respect to vacuum wherein creating vacuum in porous materials is very difficult so for this we had to develop a material a concrete uh, admixture from scratch and uh, we spent around 6 months to develop this and we eventually landed on a material which is uh, which is in good enough to uh, create around 90 95% packing hmm can you share some more insights about it like what what material was it and so this is uh, basically a concrete admixture wherein you uh, okay. involve a lot of Uh, different mix ratios different chemicals mm. so that you remove the pores you remove the porosity of that material so you get it uh, okay. quite thick and solid and hence mm. when you create vacuum you don't have air trapped inside those uh, tube layers so this right. was essentially the task with con- uh, the concrete mixture mm. 
I just have one request for BMC or PMC or any other MC where they are digging metros. अभी जो खड्डा खोदना है खोदो यार please पांच साल के बाद फिर से hyperloop के लिए मत खड्डा खोद देना. Hopefully we can do it elevated. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's also a possibility. Yeah, that's also a possibility. When you look at hyperloop, how what is your vision for it? Is it intercity travel or is it intercity travel or intergalactic? Inter uh, international travel. <laughs> uh, hopefully, intergalactic sometime. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, Hi- Hyperloop is majorly intercity. You cannot, you mm. mostly cannot have intercity travel because uh, uh, so for Hyperloop, a uh, range of hundred to five hundred, six hundred kilometer is the most suitable mm. range. You go beyond that, uh, aircraft uh, start to make more sense in terms of efficiency. And below yeah, that, right. you basically have your metros, maybe or buses or rickshaws. Correct. So. This will be intercity, and uh, let me give you a scenario. So this hmm. is something that I think you will understand. So I I stay in Pune now. If I have to travel to Mumbai, let's say I am taking my own private vehicle. On any day, yeah. I'll take around four hours to reach Mumbai, and yeah. uh, that that involves the fuel amount, the toll amount, etc., etc. But uh, the distance from Pune to Mumbai is one fifty kilometer, and I take four hours. Hmm. Keep that in mind. Now, if hmm. I have to travel to Delhi from Pune. the airport yeah. is are literally 30 minutes from the city mm-hmm. and then i can take a flight which reaches delhi in 1 hour <laughs> from and there two hours check in yeah so you add maybe two hours check in but i am reaching yeah. delhi in probably 4 4 and a half hours and delhi is 1000 yeah. kilometers from my house so yeah. you understand that it is literally taking me the same time to reach delhi compared to mumbai and mumbai is so close yeah. to me and i don't have any option to reach mumbai faster So this is not just with Pune, Mumbai, but a lot of cities in India have this scenario. For example, Chennai, hmm. Bangalore, Delhi, Chandigarh, uh, Ahmedabad, Rajkot yeah. are examples of this. And hence, it is very necessary that we have this kind of you know movement between these cities, and this can enable a lot of opportunities. So, giving you another example, now uh, over the past decade or something, we have seen a lot of rapid urbanization. wherein we have hmm. seen you know tier 1 uh, people from tier 3 cities flocking to tier 2 cities so yeah. that uh, in terms of growth and job opportunities they can come and of find course. some jobs and what has happened is you know that we cannot expand our tier 1 cities the situation of bangalore the situation of mumbai so it becomes very difficult to expand them but if you place hyperloop in this scenario what uh, happens is or you open opportunities wherein people can stay in these tier 3 cities and travel to those tier 2 or tier 1 cities yeah. and hence you save uh, resources you put less burden on these big cities and hmm. make a win win for everyone yeah so that's a fair point because uh, at the end how much strain can a city take <laughs> it has to expand so right right i i don't see uh, corporates or other companies moving to tier 2 anytime soon right. but yeah this is a possibility this is yeah. a possibility Yeah. Uh, now tell me something about uh, uh, you know how far have we developed when it comes to your research facility? Like what what kind of development is going on, or how far is your how big is your loop? So uh, currently we had tested it in an open air track, wherein our major focus was to test the linear motor and the levitation itself. So these were the part of the technologies that we fixated on. or we tried and tested on then our uh, major focus was to get this technology to be put inside a vacuum uh, place 
so hmm. uh, currently there are three major uh, infrastructure or major technologies that we are focusing on that is the tube okay. so that we can create hmm. vacuum the linear motor so that we can propel and the pod itself pod is the vehicle of hyperloop hmm. and this pod or the vehicle cons- consists of the magnets used for levitation etc so these three are the technologies that we are focusing on and we have developed several prototypes of linear induction motor we have developed a couple of prototypes of the pod as well now that is uh, down to some scale but uh, right now we are developing a full scale concrete tube so we can realize that what kind of vacuum it can create and what kind of vacuum mm. it can hold but uh, over the next 12 months 12 to 18 months our plan is to develop a 100 meter pilot setup in pune so in okay. this 100 meter pilot setup we'll be showcasing the entire all these technologies integrated together showcasing the commercial technologies of levitation the linear motor uh, the vac- concrete tube itself and all of them moving together there's one more use case I, it came to my mind is about transportation so it's not just about you commuting it's also the goods which is which takes days and months to travel by sea or by air uh, it can be done in matter of minutes right so is that also an application kept in mind for our indian counterpart yeah i think goods is probably uh, the second big uh, option over here so hmm. in fact uh, as a company we are focusing first on goods because with goods uh, as you start uh, transporting goods it is easier compared to you know transporting passengers yeah. because as soon as humans get involved you have a lot of safety checks you lo- have lot yes. of uh, regulations to be cleared so once we start you also need oxygen right in that yeah tube. yeah so you need a pressurized you don't cabin. need yeah you need yeah. a pressurized cabin something very similar mm. to an aircraft hmm so hence there are a lot of uh, you know i can say obstacles to be cleared so what you do is you first start with cargo you prove that cargo can be transported at all the speeds with levitating etc etc and then you start developing it for the passenger itself so in talking in terms of cargo there are again a lot of opportunities you might have uh, seen that recently zomato had uh, started their intercity food delivery so you could order from maybe you know pune sitting in bombay or from ahmedabad itself so such kind of opportunities get open up because you can have those kind of foods delivered within 30 minutes and uh, these are essentially the niche markets or the targeted customers that we can have intercity deliveries fast cargo movement specialized uh, prioritized cargo where you have to move uh, rapidly so another example of this or we realized this was during during the pandemic the covid pandemic uh, yeah. pune was medical devel- supplies yeah pune was developing the highest number mm. of vaccines in india but pune doesn't have a very good air, uh, airport to you know send mm. it to all the places even abroad even in the country so they had to ship all the vaccines from pune to mumbai from where it was going everywhere so hmm. again pune to mumbai you have to take a, a truck you have to have a cold storage and lot of issues over there as well yeah i get it i specifically want to speak about challenges i'm sure building this is not easy and a lot of challenges uh, especially when you are in a field which involves uh, a collaboration between the public and the government so uh, whether you want it not or not challenges friction it tends to come in place and for someone who uh, just got out of college and developing such a big infrastructure which is futuristic uh, what have been your experiences as a founder so far so i think uh, 
over the past couple of years the there has been a good shift in terms of you know accepting startups accepting uh, these companies coming on and sh- giving you yeah. the technology not only with investors but with uh, the public or the government itself so maybe yeah. 10 years 15 years back some government authority would not have even uh, listened to you if a young guy from the college comes but that has changed drastically over the couple of years and uh, even though there are some uh, ta- challenges i can say but uh, these are cha- these challenges the public authorities uh, our private companies itself we are ready to you know take it on together mm. so uh, mm. one of the major issues will be to implement it and yeah. showcase the technology to all the relevant stakeholders because mm. uh, if you see from the government perspective what happens is whenever they sanction such kind of a greenfield project such a large scale project yeah. there will always be a some kind of protest some kind of opposition that why such kind of money was put into yeah. that project so absolutely right right so th- there is some issues with the government there are some issues with the private industry as well so hmm. uh, we have to again uh, we have to make government understand that how this will be implemented what will be the stages that it will take to be implemented investors also are a big challenge for us because we have to because this is not a typical startup wherein you you know you start taking a revenue in a couple of yeah. years you sell it to customers you have consumer brands etc this will require long gestation period you yeah. till the time you start developing you start having revenues coming from the stream so getting everyone on board to the idea getting everyone to develop a business model around this itself is a task because this is something that has not been developed not only in india but globally as well so everyone is trying to learn everyone is trying yeah. to understand on how we can implement it hmm so there has to be people who are taking these big bets uh, just out of curiosity if we consider the bombay pune project uh, what would be the budget to make this a reality in today's time so i think the previous company had mentioned a budget of 10 billion dollars which could roughly be around uh, 75 80000 crores today but hmm. uh, giving our estimate our company's estimate we are still looking at um, somewhere close to 6 5 to 6 billion dollars that would be around 30% okay. 40% less than the previous uh, company mentioned so as i mentioned that was our focus to reduce the cost hmm. and also to mention the pune mumbai region is uh, very very difficult it's a busy road busy yeah. as well as it is very difficult uh, in terms it's of hilly. it's uh, topography right so yeah. pune is at a particular elevation then you have ghats over lonavala khandala region yeah. and then you suddenly have mm. a drop around mumbai yeah so the region is difficult in terms of topography that's why it would take a little mm. bit more compared to other routes do you think you could if you could have uh, you know picked up a simpler location of course it's still in development and a lot of things are yet to be done in future but uh, you know if you you were to uh, put up a project uh, other than bombay pune do you think you could pick up a simpler route so that an uh, a journey can begin from so somewhere? so we have identified like 28 routes across the country where hmm. where in hyperloop can be put in so we looked at these regions in terms of what is the traffic density what is the cargo movement happening what is the distance between them etc etc yeah. and uh, typically pune mumbai is not the first corridor we are planning because obviously it is as i mentioned it is very difficult it's a complicated it is a complicated uh, region yeah. but eventually that will be one of the dream projects to be done because mm. pune mumbai has a huge huge amount of traffic probably mm. the highest in india so yeah but other regions maybe i can give you some examples is uh, 
Ahmedabad to Rajkot is a very flat region, so you don't have mm. much hill hilly regions in the area. The elevation is also same. Uh, then we have Delhi to Chandigarh. You have uh, Jaipur to Udaipur. Again, a desert area, so you don't have literally mm. anything to be complaining about. You have Bangalore to Chennai. You have uh, Bangalore to Kochi, etc. Uh, Bangalore to Hyderabad as well. So these are the some uh, regions that can be connected. Hmm. Are you also looking at port collaborations? Yeah, yeah. So we are in talks with multiple mm. ports as of now. So hmm. what we want to do essentially, as of now, is we want to develop a small scale ten twelve kilometer setup hmm. uh, along hmm. with a port, so that we can transport that shipping containers or the goods from the port to the nearby hmm. railway line or nearby warehouse hmm. unit, whatever is in the region. Hmm. Hmm. And this acts as a very good first pilot project because it it yeah. is not just a standalone project, but and you can move goods, you can earn revenue from it. and at the same time yes. you are uh, you know proving your technology to the stakeholders beat government beat mm. investors that this can work you mm. give uh, economic feasibility around us you give a case benefit yeah. that this is better than the other uh, options that we have yeah yeah i wish to come to a very important part here uh, you are someone developing uh, such a futuristic project which can transform the way we look at commutes we look at uh, goods transportation we look at healthcare hmm. and of course food and entertainment is also part of it where you are building so many things uh, you are building one infrastructure that can change the way we look at humanity uh, there are so many people out there who are uh, you know uh, looking at other countries for opportunities who are looking at uh, who are not looking at india as a place to stay place to work place to develop and here you are uh, using the same technology that european and american corporations are working on uh, is there anything that uh, you know why did you choose to stay here and not go anywhere else where this could be developed much faster i think i think there is uh, this is something that we have often discussed amongst the teams amongst the other hyperloop mm-hmm. players as well yeah because I- i'm sure across the globe people would be poaching you right now right 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 <laughs> because um, over the last uh, last couple of decades if you look at it what has been the norm is that india has always followed the technologies being developed in us europe or maybe even china and japan and this has always been the norm we just take the technology yeah. we we put a layer on it for uh, saying that it's indian or indigenous and we uh, develop it and throw it uh, here in the country but what happens with hyperloop or what hyperloop gives us an opportunity is it is not being commercial it is not commercial anywhere in the world and this is a stage or this is a platform where we ourselves can develop this and be one of the leaders of the technology globally so that we not just develop this for india but we develop it and then expand it to the neighboring countries and i think this this is kind of the first time that such a technology can we can be a leader at such a huge stage at such a global stage so this this kind of you know perspective this kind of vision opens up that uh, in fact other, rather than the other countries we have more uh, growth opportunities mm. here in india hmm what is your thought about the ongoing economic scenario and its impact on uh, the transportation projects across the globe so uh, i'm not much of an economic analyst myself but uh, from what i understand and from what i've been uh, seeing yeah Uh, India wouldn't get much affected uh, with 
the kind of uh, problems that us is facing and majorly yeah. uh, with them saying that they'll be going into a recession but uh, hopefully this this uh, this at the same time also gives us an opportunity to maybe get a little bit lead on the other countries which will yeah. be facing uh, an economic mm. downturn yeah superb so i think i have covered all my questions let me know if you want to add something as a closing note i think uh, one of the major things that uh, we think could push hyperloop overall forward is that when we get support not just from government or uh, investors but from public authorities or general public yeah. as well once public start to you know adapt these kind of technologies start to hmm. understand that how this can work and change it so it generally then becomes a good thing for the government itself to you know implement such kind of huge projects for their state for the yeah so hmm. uh, one thing that we have been trying to do for the past few months uh, is to get more people into it uh, make more people understand on what hyperloop is and spread this word around so i think hmm. i'll i'll be saying this to listeners as well uh, that if you if you think that uh, this technology can change it maybe spread a little more word around and this could help eventually develop this faster superb so i think uh, we had a super packed session and uh, thank you so much uh, pranay thank you idant uh, for joining in and i hope you listeners found this conversation helpful if you are a listener who is considering to look at a job opportunity look at the job of the future uh, pranay are you hiring uh, not right now but please uh, keep following us we'll be opening uh, shop soon superb so if you are looking at the future and building your career don't stop looking at india there's some bright future here there's a ton of work happening in different fields in transportation infrastructure metaverse healthcare and uh, yeah that's all i can say all you can do is keep an eye open for opportunities strike hard and uh, make the best out of your luck that's it from my that's it from my end uh, and uh, keep listening keep inspiring people and become the change that you want to see 